Hello and welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill, this is episode 57. Thanks for listening. That's right guys, number 57, like the Heinz 57 steak sauce. Only way more tasty. But I wouldn't put on a good piece of meat. How you been everybody? It's middle of February. Valentine's Day has passed. The carnage is over. All us Atari nerds can come out of hiding. I am old enough that I kind of remember the era when all the kids in school put out boxes. They would decorate a shoebox with hearts and that kind of thing and put it on their desk. And you would only get Valentines from the other kids in the class who wanted to give you Valentines. It wasn't the sort of the era now. And frankly, the era for most of my childhood. But like I said, I still remember the time when it wasn't standard policy that if you did Valentine's at school, everybody got a Valentine. Of course, the little bit of that era, that, that pre-history kind of era when you could be more selective, me and all the other kids were still pretty young enough that we weren't necessarily choosy. We just really liked getting Valentines and we liked giving them. You know, you go to make your mom go to the drugstore and get the Mickey Mouse Valentines or the Snow White ones, or the Spider-Man ones, and you liked, you actually liked signing them and giving them to people. So there wasn't too much of a problem, even for a dork like me, and I'm a dork now, and I've always been a dork. I still did okay with the Valentines. So for those of you who never experienced the joy or the pain of the school Valentine ritual, I would direct you to, and here's a shameless self-plug, I would direct you to any one of the four or so Peanuts animated Valentine or love-related specials, including, for example, You're in Love, Charlie Brown, and A Charlie Brown Valentine, both of which I just happened to review on this month's episode of It's a Podcast, Charlie Brown, episode 10, which dropped on February 15th. So, you know, you might check those out for a little primer on what it's like to be a kid at Valentine's Day the trials and tribulations that Charlie Brown goes through, not that far off the mark. So what else is new? Oh, hey, I just happen to think. There should be a Valentine's Day-related Atari game. The only one that kind of pops into mind is Popeye. Get it? Pops into mind. Popeye. That's why I have a podcast, kids. And not really Valentine's uh, Day-related game, of course, but the, the point of the game, the object of the game, is to catch the hearts, right, that Olive is throwing at Popeye. So there are hearts floating on the screen all the time. So I guess that kind of makes it a Valentine, a Valentine-y kind of thing. So if any of you homebrew people are working on a Valentine's-themed game, get going, and maybe I can do it next year at Valentine's Day for the podcast. In other news, we're still living in Donald Trump's America. Those of you who live in America, those of you who don't live in America, you're still busy laughing at us. Well, part of the time laughing at us, part of the time being horrified, and, uh, you know, locking your doors, and canceling your travel plans. But, you know, we're still here. We're plugging away. Uh, we're doing we're doing the thing. In other news, there is no other news at this time. So let's get into this week's game. This week's game is... I gotta get some sort of fanfare or something for that bit. Star Fox, 1983 game from Mythicon Incorporated. I don't remember if we've done a Mythicon game on the podcast before. I don't think so. I don't really even know that much about Mythicon Incorporated 
or what other kinds of games they put out. Um, this is the first one I can think of that we've done on the show. The Star Fox manual opens by telling us that we have a patrol communique. Patrol communique 4024-8. Friendly robot freighter downed on planetoid Beta-7 is in your quadrant. Cargo. Valuable trimetallicium energy crystals. Enemy star cruiser with fighter drones en route to confiscate these highly valuable blue energy crystals. Mission. Recover as many crystals as possible. Destroy all enemy fighter drones in you encounter. Intelligence reports that enemy is in combat testing new models of these drones and will periodically replace them during melee. Okay, so I'm sticking a pin in this and jumping ahead to the field report where I talk about how I don't know what the hell the thing is that keeps jumping at me. I guess maybe it was a battle drone? Fighter drone. Whatever. But you wouldn't know that by looking at the game. So, you know, spoiler alert. Alright, back to the manual. Mission status. Critical. Expect extreme danger when penetrating orange atmosphere of Beta-7 planetoid. The energy crystals have ionized the gases to such an extent that your horizontal drives will be useless. You may not be able to move left or right at low altitudes. No further communication authorized. Good hunting. I'm tempted to say, to go all Matt Damon here and say, How you like them apples? But it wouldn't make any sense at all. So I'm not going to say that. Goodwill hunting, anybody? Academy Award winning film. Matt Damon. Ben Affleck. Robin Williams. You know, rest in peace. Uh, anyway, what was I talking about? Okay, so we're using the uh, joystick for this one. At least I am. Uh, the manual does pretty strongly recommend, dummy, get the trackball controller. Because your life will be so much richer. And, you know, puppies will love you. And it will never rain if you use the trackball controller with this game. But go ahead, the manual seems to imply. Go ahead. Use the joystick if you want, peasant. I don't have a trackball. Uh, I've thought about getting it. I suspect games like Centipede would be more fun if I had a trackball. Uh, as I was getting ready to record today, I did quickly jump on eBay and see what was up with the uh, trackballs. The quick search that I did, I saw them ranging in price anywhere from $15 to $112 still in the box. I might have to pick one up at some point. I've said that before. I may have to just go ahead and do it. Probably not to play Star Fox again. You know, double spoiler. Uh, that's probably not happening. But other games, like Centipede, uh, would probably be improved by having a trackball. So I may have to think about that. The difficulty switches are not used with Star Fox since the enemy automatically becomes more aggressive as your score increases. Joystick controllers move your spaceship in any direction. When you enter the orange atmosphere, your landing gear will automatically deploy. You will not be able to move left or right while in the planet's atmosphere. The red button on the joystick fires your laser cannon. Ball controllers work very well with Star Fox. Higher scores should be possible. Dumbass, go get a ball controller. I added that part, but it's pretty much implied. It's kind of like an event where you're supposed to wear a tie, and you're like, well, could I just wear a jacket instead? And people are like, yeah, I guess you could. I mean, when in reality, they should just be happy you're wearing pants, that kind of thing. That's kind of what's going on in this manual. Maybe I'm just grumpy this morning. I might need more coffee. Anyway, the game select switch will allow you to choose the difficulty level and whether one or two players will be playing. Yeah, this is screwed up, man. Even if you had never put the game in the Atari, you would know that's a screwed up game just by reading this part of the manual, because the games are not broken down by, like, game one, two, three, and four. It's this weird chart, and it's like, man plus happy face plus blank. Practice mode, one player only, no scoring. Man plus blank plus blank. First level one player scoring for successfully shooting or ramming enemy and for recovering crystals. 
man plus blank plus man, first level two players, play alternates starting with left controller, man plus diamond plus blank, second level one player, scoring for successfully shooting enemy and for recovering crystals, colliding with enemy will cause you to lose a life, man plus diamond plus man, second level two players. Good God. And the only way you know what the, any of that means is if you actually put the game in the uh, uh, console and turn it on and you're looking at the screen and you have to look at the top screen and say, okay, there's just uh, the happy face and the one dude now and then nothing after that. Okay, that must be the man plus happy face plus blank level, which is the practice level. Uh, I'm already bored with this game just by figuring out what particular version I want to play. We then play by pressing the game reset button or by pressing the red button on your controller. After each loss of a life, a controller symbol will appear at the top of the screen. Pressing the red button on your controller will restart the game. Once you have pressed the red button, you are free to begin searching for crystals. They are always located just off the screen and to the left or right. Flying in one direction, then turning around and flying in the other direction is the best way to find crystals. Okay. Scoring is done by destroying enemy fighters and recovering blue trimetallicium crystals. To destroy a fighter drone, you may shoot it with your laser or ram it. Be careful in the second level of difficulty. Your ship is destroyed if you ram the enemy. So you can't do that all the time, I guess, huh? Why are you being so so uh, misleading there, Star Fox Manual? Scores. Ram enemy, 10 points. Shoot enemy, 100 points. Recover crystal, 200 points. Lives remaining in addition to your current life are displayed at the top of the screen. You have a total of four lives at the beginning of each game. Difficulty is determined automatically. As your score increases, the enemy becomes faster. Your opponent is replaced automatically every 2,000 points or so, depending upon the tactics programmed into the enemy. All but the most difficult enemy drones are available in the practice mode as well. In this mode, pressing reset switch will return you to the easiest enemy. Each successive fighter drone is more difficult to shoot than the last. Only the best players will get a chance to see some of the most aggressive units. Hints. Your search for crystals will be greatly reduced by flying rapidly to the right or to the left. If you do not come across a crystal within a few seconds, reverse direction. This will generally bring a crystal into view almost immediately. You are most valuable, uh, sorry, you are most vulnerable when within Beta-7's atmosphere while recovering the, the trimetallicium crystals. Since trimetallicium possesses an extraordinary amount of energy, they float above the surface of Beta-7. To reduce the time you must remain within the atmosphere, wait until the crystal is near the top of the gaseous layer. It is also helpful to dive into the atmosphere at an angle instead of dropping straight down. Since your landing gear will deploy automatically as soon as your ship's sensors detect Beta-7's atmosphere gases, you will decelerate very rapidly. Pick up the crystal and ascend to thinner air. I don't know what the hell they're talking about. Have I just not gotten far enough into the game? Because I didn't see any of this stuff when I was playing. Game features. Star Fox by Mythicon has a high level of computer intelligence built in. I don't think that's true. The enemy is very smart and always knows where you are. It has an automatic tracking system which tells at what altitude you are flying, what airspeed you are maintaining, and your rate of acceleration and deceleration. Because of the extraordinary sensing devices aboard, a fighter drone is capable of detecting your every motion except when bombing. It will attempt to evade your laser cannon and re-establish an attack position behind your ship. Its sensors will also detect your entry into Beta-7's atmosphere. While you are recovering the trimetallicium crystals, it will assume a bombing mode since it is not constructed to survive the ionized gases of the atmosphere. In this mode, it will detect your location, hover above you, and release tactical bombs. 
When you rise out of the atmospheric level, it reassumes its attack mode and the firing of its missiles. This game offered a one-year limited warranty. Alright, so the game in that manual sounds a lot more fun than the game on screen. I think all that jazz about landing gear and burning off ionized gases and tracking your rate of acceleration and deceleration, all that baloney, I think you're just supposed to sort of take it at as a given that all that stuff is going on, just none of that's on the screen, as far as I can tell. Uh, I'm jumping way ahead to the review part of this game, but I dislike this game so much that I can't stop myself. So, I don't know. Should we just go home? Maybe there's something good on TV. Oh, alright. I guess we'll look at some history of the game, as long as we're here. The game was developed and published, as I said, by Mythicon in 1983. The front cover of the game originally said, Game 1 in the Star Fox series, but no sequels were ever made. In a digital press article on the worst games for the Atari 2600, Star Fox was ranked 19th. Kevin Olianis is quoted from that article as saying, You control a spaceship on a mission to extract gems beneath the ocean depths. Your ship is defenseless at the bottom of the screen, and amazingly the gems become intelligent and avoid your efforts while taking advantage of the fact that your ship cannot move sideways while at the bottom. Only one enemy and one gem per screen. The playfield and difficulty never change. I give credit to Mythicon for not releasing their second cart in the Star Fox series. So the best thing this reviewer had to say about the game is that they didn't make any more games. When I was doing a Google search for Star Fox, Google auto-filled my search at one point with Atari Star Fox Middle Finger. So, of course, I had to check that out. And I didn't watch the video, but apparently the search took me to a, a, a web page which was offering a response to, I guess, a video about Star Fox, uh, which I didn't have time to go back and watch. Um, evidently, someone had noted that there's a spaceship on screen at one point that looks like somebody giving you the middle finger. Their response, these guys, um, James and Mike Mondays, uh, for some sort of, I guess, YouTube show called Space Games. That's just what I'm getting from this page that I'm looking at, Google Plus page that I'm looking at. If you guys know more about who these guys are or more of what the story is here, let me know. Um, their response, I guess, to a comment about why is there a middle finger on screen in this game is that the middle finger in Star Fox was a poorly made ship, which is certainly possible. The little bit that I played the game so far, I haven't seen the image that they're talking about. I may have to go play it again simply to look for that. I think it's very poetic that the game might be giving you the middle finger, but... You know, cause, you know, dummy, you paid for this game. You know, joke's on you, kind of thing. Somebody did respond. This is back in 2013, December 26, 2013. Somebody posted a reply to the comment that, well, it's just a badly designed ship. And their response is like, well, then why does it only appear after you die? I played the game, and it shows up after you get killed, and then goes away when you restart. It doesn't seem to be a life indicator because you have no infinite lives. And then there's no response to that. You know what? I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to turn the game on again, and I'm going to purposely kill myself just so I can see what happens on screen. There's one down, two, oh, I got him, I rammed him. Come on, kill me already. Go to a different game where it's easier to die. Alright. Okay, one down. Two down. Three down. Alright, I'm dead. 
Yeah, I'm not seeing it. I don't know what they're referring to, but I do like the implied poetry of Star Fox giving you the middle finger. After the break, Star Fox gives you the middle finger. Star Fox. It's a game called Star Fox. I wonder if there are any stars or foxes in this game. There better be some stars or foxes or they're lying and I'll be angry and an angry nerd is a scary nerd. So it better be good. Um, I've only played this game a little bit so far, uh, but I really, really hate it. Wow, and I just got killed. That was like karma. Uh, I just had it, I'm going to switch it here in the middle of the field report. I have it on the practice setting right now uh, with the little uh, auto from Berserk making cameo up at the top of the screen for no reason whatsoever. Uh, so I'm going to switch to uh, what I guess is player one, level one something. There we go. Um, yeah, switching to player one doesn't help at all. Uh, it's an ugly game. Uh, I guess the your starship looks kind of cool in a crude sort of way. Um, the enemy attackers don't look like anything other than just a circular smudge on the screen that kind of darts around. I guess the way it sort of uh, sneak attacks you is kind of challenging. Uh, obviously, because I'm not that good at it. But you don't know what's going on. I don't know what those things up at the top of the screen moving uh, back and forth from the left to the right of the screen and back again are doing. I don't know what the deal is with these crystals. Uh, all I'm doing is just pressing the fire button and hoping to hit something, which I just did purely at random. The colors are weird. It doesn't look like space. Are you under sea? It kind of looks like... Atari uh, rendering of undersea stuff, but I don't think you're a submarine, are you? Now there's something moving across the screen that kind of looks like a mini Tetris game. Uh, at the bottom of the screen, the round, I guess, is sort of this weird... Ooh. Alright, so when you finally lose your last life, the ultimate explosion is kind of cool with all the multi-Atari uh, primary colors. Uh, sort of flashing, I guess that's okay, but you gotta end the game to get there, which isn't such a bad thing. Back to you in the studio. When I was a kid, really little, like, I don't know, five, six, seven, I was gonna have to have some minor surgery, and I was kind of bummed out about the idea. So my parents, to cheer me up, took me to a, the movies. And the movie they chose was, I don't know if it was a Disney film, but it was some sort of live action movie about cute little foxes called Glacier Fox. And we went in, we sat down watching this movie, all this cute little family of foxes. And the whole rest of the hour and a half of the movie is these baby foxes one by one getting killed. Uh, drowning or getting eaten by something. And that's the whole movie is these foxes dying one by one. Watching that movie? Way more fun than playing Star Fox. Um, I've talked a lot about that already so far in my premature review 
But I just don't think it's a fun game. Uh, I get that I've only played a little bit, but the little bit that I've glanced on the internet suggests to me that I'm not alone in that analysis. That's just not fun. The, looking at the graphics itself, I mean, this was 1983. You've got to take that into account. But there are better-looking games from 1983 than this. This game feels very blocky and chunky, and things don't really look like what you're told they are in sort of the way that, like, uh, what I think of is Demons to Diamonds. There are other examples, too, but that's this game reminds me of that game in that regard. You know, and I already mentioned the one reviewer who the nicest thing he could say about it was that this first game in the series never blossomed into an actual series. Also, can we all just agree right now that the reference in the manual to blue energy crystals is just code for Walter White's blue meth. If you haven't watched Breaking Bad, kids, you're really messing out. Alright, so let's inject a little life into this game somehow by giving it some sort of an interesting story uh, to explain what's going on or, or, or to do something interesting and fun, one can hope, with this concept. And when I think Star Fox... I think obviously of the amazing but shockingly little-known Saturday morning cartoon from the 80s, Star Fox and the Cosmic Kids, coming this fall to ABC Saturday Mornings. Hey, Jane, what do you want to do today? Wayne asks. I don't know, Wayne. Maybe we could play kickball? Nah, Wayne says. We did that yesterday. Maybe we could get some of the other kids and play hide-and-seek, Jane suggested. Nah, Atari Sneak and Peek kind of ruined that game for me. See episode 55 for more about Sneak and Peek. Wayne jumped up and stood on a big rock that the animators inserted into the scene at just this point for this very purpose. Hey, we could play Rocket Man. How do we do that? Wayne grinned. Let's just ask him. Wayne pointed into the sky. A rocket ship streaked across the sky, twinkling stars flowing behind it. The rocket ship did a loop-de-loop and the landing gear lowered as the ship came to rest on the grass, right next to Wayne and Jane, amazingly not incinerating them in the afterburn from the ship's thrusters. Yowzers! shouted Wayne. That's amazing, agreed Jane. A short little astronaut in a silver suit and helmet and blue boots climbed out of the ship. It's an alien, shouted Wayne. It's a tiny man, disagreed Jane, and he's wearing a spacesuit. The rocket pilot pulled off his helmet and revealed that both Wayne and Jane were wrong. It was a fox with thick red fur, sharp teeth, and a devilish grin. And then he talked. I'm Star Fox he said. I'm from the closest planet in the outermost nebula, halfway between here and the end of the universe. Whoa, Wayne said. Jane frowned. Doesn't that confuse you? Star Fox laughed. Yeah, I get lost a lot. What are you doing here, Star Fox? Jane asked. I need your help to find the Trimetallicium crystals. 
before the enemy star cruiser intercepts them. I just finished an epic battle on Beta 7 that was riveting and exciting and not at all confusing and poorly rendered and not much fun. But now I have to get those trimetallesium crystals back or the universe will be destroyed. Possibly. Why? Wayne asked. Because... Uh, plot. Star Fox pointed into the sky. Look, we may be too late already. The enemy ship entered the Earth's atmosphere, a huge pouch of glowing blue crystals hanging from its hull. To the Dawn Star, Star Fox said. The what? Jane and Wayne asked in unison. Uh, that's my ship, Star Fox said, and they all jumped in. Hold on to your eyeballs, Star Fox said. Here we go. The Dawn Star leapt into the fight. Star Fox pointed to the laser cannon controls. Jane, your love of Nerf water pistols tells me you'll be an excellent gunner. Right, Jane said. Wait, how did you know I like Nerf water pistols? Plot contrivance. Go with it. This week's Atari Bytes episode brought to you by the fine people at Nerf Incorporated, or whatever it's called. Nerf, when real stuff is too expensive. And you, Wayne, the Star Fox said. You can catch anything. Weren't you the best catcher on your town's little league? Um, we don't actually have a little league. Whatever. Man the star scoop. We need those crystals now. Even though Jane and Wayne are like eight and have never even seen a starship, much less manned the guns of a starship or anything else for that matter, except the fine family of Nerf water pistols and dart throwers and all the other fine, wholesome, family-friendly entertainment that they offer. But regardless of all that, Jane and Wayne are dead eyes on the controls and they blast away all the enemy ships. They are helped, of course, tremendously by the fact that the enemies are, frankly, really stupid. But the point is, the crystals are secure. Walter White's empire is assured. Wait, I mean, the universe is saved. Or whatever. Back at the twins' house. Did I mention Jane and Wayne are twins? No matter. There's a way too long and poorly animated scene of Star Fox and Wayne and Jane jumping up and down for joy and laughing. The voices being very poorly synced with the facial expressions of the characters. Will we see you again, Star Fox? Jane asks. Star Fox shrugs and grins. Who knows? He says and winks at the camera. Spoiler alert, they won't ever see him again. None of us will ever see any of them again. The show was canceled after, like, the first episode. Replaced on the schedule by the Dukes of Hazard cartoon, where they drive generally around the world. Because, plot. There's a reason they don't do the Saturday morning cartoon block anymore. And that's our show. My thanks to Kevin McLeod and Compotech.com for Creative Commons' use of his songs, Reformat, Pinball Spring, and Take a Chance. Atari Bytes show notes are available, along with other episodes, of course, at ataribytes.libson.com. You can email the show at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. You can like the show on Facebook. You can follow the show on Twitter at Atari Bytes. Or you can follow me personally at Carnival of Glee if you're so inclined. You can find Atari Bytes on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, all over the darn place. Please be a stone-cold Star Fox and leave a review on iTunes because that helps the trimetallesium crystallization process that leads the iTunes algorithm to move the show up in the rankings, thereby increasing the possibility that the Star Fox can... You know what? Never mind. Just leave a review because it helps other people find the show. Also, you can support the show financially on our Patreon page or by pitching up Atari Bytes merchandise at Zazzle.com where, don't forget, there are new shirts available that say 
Go play some old games. They've missed you. And if you have time, do please check out my other show. It's a podcast, Charlie Brown. New episodes drop on the 15th of every month, which means there's a brand new steaming episode sitting there waiting for you right now from February 15th, if this is when you're listening to it. If the episode has cooled by the time you're hearing this episode, no worry. It will be as fresh and tasty as ever. So go check it out. Next time on Atari Bytes, Tutankham. So until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you.